Welcome to Tough Talk Christian Radio. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help take you to the next step in your relationship with Christ. Tough Talk Christian Radio is brought to you by the Tough Talk Radio Network. Now here's your host, Tony Gambone. All right, welcome to the show. My name is Tony Gambone, and of course this is Tough Talk Christian Radio, and that means it must be Wednesday. And uh, Wednesdays are a great day for me. It is the day that I get to do my shows and uh, get a little reminder about how important it is to keep God in front of of my uh, sights uh, as I go through my day and my week. Uh, I love doing Wednesdays because by this time of the week, uh, everything seems to be a little discombobulated in my uh, business and in my life. So it just gives me an opportunity to slow down and Uh, connect with people out there that are doing some great things and find out how the Lord is leading them through their journeys and some of the miracles that are taking place. We've had this opportunity to do this show now for, oh, goodness, uh, a little bit over 10 years, so I've been very blessed to be able to have that opportunity. We have a great guest today, and I say that every week, but Unfortunately, I can't say any different. We've been blessed with guests on this show. I mean, it's a God thing. He just brings people to us. And today we're going to be talking to someone about um, uh, nonprofit, Christian nonprofit leaders. And, uh, you know, as a leader in the community, everyone knows it's not an easy position, especially in today's world. And to be in a nonprofit is even harder because you have to ask more. And you, than the normal person in a for-profit business, and there's just so many things that can take place and go wrong, and you know we could be uh, on the path to thinking we're doing the right thing, and how do we know? Uh, we don't. So sometimes it's good to get some training, some coaching, and uh, I'm talking about a book today called The Courageous Ask, and I got to tell you, folks, uh, I've been a business owner now. Oh goodness, in the Houston area for over 20 years and pretty much off and on all my life. And one of the things that I have found out later in my life is coaching is something that I probably should have started 20 years sooner. Uh, It is so much better to get uh, coached by someone who's not looking through the same sites that you are and to be able to gain access to someone that can help you grow something that you're passionate about, whether it's your own business or maybe it's a nonprofit, maybe it's an organization you're help grow, uh, helping to grow to could help people uh, around the world, uh, around your community, just in your own home. So it's really important to make sure that when you're a leader, to remember the more help you can get to be a better you, the more successful I think you will be as a leader. Uh, I'm a big fan of John Maxwell and Andy Stanley and uh, the, their leadership podcast, books, videos, and all that stuff there really has been helpful for me to understand the value of learning from others. So if you're someone that's struggling out there, today's guest is going to be someone that can help you out with that, Uh, maybe uh, point you in the right direction, uh, say some things that might help you understand the value of learning what you don't know yet. And sometimes we don't know what we don't know. So it's going to be a good opportunity. Before we get to the to that part of the show, I just want to do a little housekeeping. Uh, if you want to be a guest on our show, we're always looking for people to share what they're bringing to the community and how God has led them and 
their testimony. Maybe they witnessed a miracle. Maybe they just had great information that they wanted to share from their Christian community as well. You can go to toughtalkchristianradio.com, click on Become a Guest button, uh, select a date that's available that meets your schedule, and uh, come on the show and share with us. If uh, you're just a listener, you can listen online. You can dial in on your phone, 347-989-1363. If you want to ask a question, push the number one. If you don't, just dial in. Let me give you that number again. It's 347-989-1363. So if you're getting ready to head out of the office or your house and you want to listen to it in the car, you can well, you can just play it through your phone, right? So 347-989-18, I'm sorry, 347-989-1363. Got a little tangled with my words there. Anyway, uh, we would love for you to connect with us on social media. We're on Facebook, uh, we're on LinkedIn, and we're on uh, Instagram. So if there's, and Twitter as well. So make sure to connect with us there. We're always looking to build relationships with people not only in this country, but from around the world. And we've had that opportunity to do that through this show. So uh, what I want to do is take a real short commercial break. I want to bring our guest up because, as everybody knows, time on the show goes quickly. So without wasting time, let me play a very short commercial here. Let's see. Here we go. Do you know a family fighting cancer? The Jest Foundation nonprofit was founded right here in Katy, Texas, by cancer survivor Michelle Perzan whose vision is to assist those currently fighting by providing grants to help support family needs, whether spiritually, emotionally, or financially. Michelle and her family know all too well that there comes a time when the day-to-day needs we take for granted become impossible. Just Foundation has been able to bless 100% of the applications submitted, and now they need your help. Find out more by going to JustFoundation.org. All right, so see, Shirt Commercial, great uh, nonprofit here in the Katy area, which is about 20 miles west of uh, Houston, Texas. And uh, um, it's, it's really a good opportunity to learn more about that by going to guestfoundation.org. Also, I want to make mention of another nonprofit that we're spotlighting this month. It's called uh, Amazing Place. Amazing Place is an organization that is a nonprofit that's been in circulation or in, in in existence for 25 years. They just celebrated 25 years, and they're getting ready to open a second location. This is a facility that pretty much is like a daycare for uh, adults with dementia or Alzheimer's, and it's also a place where caregivers can get educated on how to better deal with that situation when it hits home. So amazingplacehouston.org is the way to find out more about that there. So today's guest, Brian Krieger, is, uh, well, he's an author, a speaker, and a nonprofit consultant. In 2012, he founded a free health clinic that served as a vehicle to share Christ's love through primary health care in an urban poverty-stricken setting. After growing the organization significantly, in four years, he suffered his own fall, inspired by his experience and with the recognition that God desires to advance his kingdom through our toughest challenges. He's using his missteps to help others as they work hard to impact the world. 
uh, without wasting any more time. Brian, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm just so glad to be here, Tony. And all that stuff you share, I wouldn't call that a waste. I sat here and I really appreciate the work that you're doing and promoting other nonprofits, not just your own show. So I appreciate the vehicle that you give to those nonprofits. Well, I've been blessed, Brian, that God has given me an opportunity, much like our guest, to be a servant in certain areas. And, and never in my wildest dreams, like most of my guests say as well, did I think I would be using this platform to do that. So anyway, I have, I have a couple questions and, 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 I mean, a whole list of questions. But first of all, <laughs> I noticed that you are in a town called York, Pennsylvania. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Now, I grew up in a town called Norristown, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, yeah. silly. Yeah. Philadelphia, yeah, Valley Forge, Camp Pressure area. And as a young teenager, uh, I used to stay down the seashore in the summertime. And a very good friend <laughs> of mine that was in the campsite next to ours in the campground that we stayed in was from York, Pennsylvania. And I used to go there in the wintertime to visit. So it's crazy. How uh, oh, wow. we find our well ourselves going backwards, and there's a little town between where I grew up and where you're at called Birdsboro, where I used to go to race cars when I was a kid <laughs> on the track up there. So small town, small world. So oh yeah, if anyway. we get talking, we're gonna we're gonna figure out the other links between us because if you've come to our town, you know there's always links. I was born and raised here. Yeah, that's awesome. So I got lots of questions, but before we go any further, I'd like people to find out a little bit about you. So just give us the I, – I know I read the speaker's bio, but give us mm-hmm. – uh, we mentioned that you're from York, Pennsylvania, born and raised, but tell us a little bit about your journey that allowed you to get to become a nonprofit consultant. Well, I, I mean, honestly, uh, Tony, I spent most of my adult career running grocery stores. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's what I did until probably, well, you said 2012. That's, uh, I'd say 2010, I started to be called to, to do something that I called my 20-year thing. I was involved in tons and tons of ministry, uh, multiple um, – missions trips a year. I was a, a, a Christian um, counselor, a biblical counselor. I was putting together events. I mean, if there were things going on in our which our church, which is a very large church for our area, if there were things going on, it was sinful. I almost got offended um, because I was doing so much. But I, I started to realize God wants me to do one thing and one thing, do it well with excellence to honor his kingdom. So um, he started to call me. And again, I had, at that time, I was probably 17 years of running grocery stores uh, for a major chain and uh, started to realize that he was pulling me in, in really a, a different direction. And uh, so we went out, we figured out what the need was in our town and uh, we founded a free clinic. I mean, there of course, there's there's tons and tons of details uh, to that, and um, you know, <laughs> when you you said in your intro uh, when you were talking uh, in your monologue about things being a God thing, I mean, tell me, Tony, what does running grocery stores have to do with founding a free health clinic? 
<laughs> not that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you you got I a mean, point. <laughs> I, I yeah. had I had no clue, and had to go learn everything. So uh, that's that's what I did. I'm I'm married 35 years. Just a couple of weeks ago, grown children, three grandkids. Um, um, but we've 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 been through it. Um, you know, 35 years by God's grace, and I'm so so thankful uh, for that. But yeah, ran a ran a clinic for a number of years, and it grew and grew and grew. And I'm sure we're going to get a little more into that story. But uh, still, very successful, doing very well, spreading the gospel, showing the love of Christ, just doing a fabulous job. Even though I haven't been there for a number of years. Well, I, you know, I know that uh, I always say that God has a funny sense of humor because, as you mentioned, from a grocery <laughs> store to what you're doing now, like what's the connection between it? And and I, I feel, and it's one of the things that got me to do this show and author a couple books, was I believe that we're really here to share our message, share our journey, share our testimony. And it, it's so helpful to others just like, what you decided to do, how to help others that were uh, impacted by not knowing exactly all the things that they could fail at before they fail at. So I just really think that God puts us in a place, whether we want to be there or not, and he allows us to gain access to better as long as we're willing to keep our feet moving. Now, you, I mean, it's a stretch. Grocery store healthcare. Don't even know how that happened. <laughs> but as you got to that position, yeah. But you had to you had to have some struggle on understanding what to do, and because that wasn't your background. So, how did you you know how did you move forward and plan that? I mean, uh, something in your heart drew you there. Was it an experience in your family, or how, what got you to doing that? Well, um, Tony, I, I swear we could do a whole show just on this. Now you got me really motivated <laughs> because when I, when I think when I think back to that period of time and the amount of miracles and miraculous uh, indicators that hit me, it gets me excited. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have no words for it. But uh, you know, I, I heard. Um, Oh my gosh, Tony, we could do a whole show on this. I so many different things happened. It happened through reading reading various books and the whole time the Holy Spirit is just talking to me and talking to me and talking to me, reading these books. I mean, I read more books in that year than I read in the prior ten. I was just getting so fired up. I mean, I'm talking books like Radical, Crazy Love, I'm not a fan. I mean, these books that were just tearing me up and motivating me in a big way. And then a pastor, I heard two messages um, over those, I don't know, six months, I would say, that really, really got me. Um, One of them was about sharing the love of Christ without expectation of reciprocation. And that's what, oh, gosh, it just got me. And the other one was um, the unity of the church, just how we are one big C church, but we don't always treat it that way. So these two things became who I was for founding of the church, uh, the founding of the uh, clinic and beyond. And um, I had to do something with those two things, um, those two thoughts, those two 
things that are definitely scriptural, but God and this Holy Spirit was using these things in my life. So uh, making a very long story short, I ended up choosing the um, what, what at the time was the worst and most violent um, neighborhood in our city. And uh, I decided I was going to go down there and I was going to share the love of Christ. I was going to engage people. Uh, one of the books I read was When Helping Hurts uh, by Fickard and Corbett. Uh, incredible book. Incredible. At least Brian Fickard. What a great guy. Uh, I met him a couple of times. But anyway, um, long story short, I ended up walking up and down the sidewalks of this, uh, this neighborhood. Now, this is a typical neighborhood uh, that, that could be a study for poverty and violence in our cities. Um, and I'm a bald white guy walking down the street in high tops <laughs> doing this. And, and it, was, it was just – I stuck out. But you know what? It was all about the, developing those relationships, and it wasn't about necessarily sharing Christ with people. It was about building the relationships first, no, let, making sure people knew that, that I loved them without the agendas. And I'm telling you, Tony, I, I could go 45 minutes just on, on those principles. So anyway, um, you know, somebody mentioned to me one day, hey, have you ever – have you ever thought about uh, a clinic? And um, I said, uh, no, why would I think about a clinic? I was thinking about opening a youth center or something like that, something I knew a little bit about. And I said, you know what, though? God is leading this whole thing, and we're going to determine if that's the need in our city. So God had already lined up all these people. I've been on numerous, numerous nonprofit boards. And, um, I had already known all these people in the healthcare field. I didn't even realize that I knew all the influencers that could make this happen uh, and knew what they were doing. So, um, you know, one thing led to another and miracles after miracle after miracle. And I know that's a long story, but man, there, there are so many more details and just things that God did that are just, you can't explain them. You just simply cannot explain them, Tony. Well, you know, the reason why I ask this question a lot of times is because I want the listeners to understand sometimes they think they're hearing things and sometimes they make sure that they're not listening to the things that are showing up in front of them because it could sound too, a little too difficult or are you sure you have the right person? And I, I just want people to understand God selects us based off of what he knows, not what we think we know. And the results from that, as long as you lean in a little bit and let him guide you, are just incredible. Like you said, a bald white man with white high tops walking down the street in a, I love the way you phrase that neighborhood, but most of us would know it as the hood. And it could be, especially in today's market, a little scarier than normal. But to go down there and, and try to share that message, well, that's bold. And I think the bolder the things are that God has us do, the bigger the results are. And I, I, I mentioned John Maxwell. He says that, uh, you know, without a problem, there's no miracle. And the bigger the problem, the bigger the miracle. We just have to be participants to that. And so I love this. I want to talk about, you know, we all, um, we all have the 
I'm going to call it a blessing of failing at things. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we fail so we can learn to do better. Sometimes we fail to learn to teach others. We all have a different calling. And you decided to write a book for Christian leaders, uh, the proactive approach to prevent the fall of a Christian nonprofit leader. Um, How did that come about? Well, uh, what happened was I, uh, I, uh, I'm still de- I'm still thinking about the story of walking those streets, Tony. I got to tell you. <laughs> well, we're going to come really back and do me. another show. Now it's, that I, I, I really, want to know the rest really of that, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so what led me to to write the book? Um, so Tony, I, I led the organization for I don't know four or five years, and uh, I experienced my own fall. Okay, I uh, uh, it's it's kind of difficult to talk about actually when I have to talk about it, but it it, it this is what happened, and um, so I ran the organization and I experienced a lot of the difficulties that that uh, Christian nonprofit leaders experience. They, I mean, any leader experiences the loneliness, the 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 um, um, oh, I forget, I lost my words. But uh, you know the loneliness, the pressures, the the inability sometimes to have the friendships that are really needed to maintain who you were when you came in the position, um, the pressures of raising money for a nonprofit. Um, it, it was a very difficult time, and 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 I had a three month emotional affair, Tony, and uh, it never went beyond that. Um, but it did uh, start. Uh, the events of uh, several years of difficulty, of course, you know, in my family and all the betrayals and, and the betrayals of all my donors and all the people that believed in me and the miracles of God that happened and uh, the spiritual guilt and, and, and all of that that came with it. And, um, it, it, you know, I, I want to be very clear, Tony. Um, it was my issue. Um, uh, individual accountability is very clear here. Uh, it was it was me. It was there was no question that it was my own humanness that I fell to. And you know there are natural things that come along with leadership, stumbling blocks that sometimes we succumb to, and I succumbed to them after a period of time. But I was telling my board uh, of directors. Um, what was going on in my life, the struggles that I was having. And um, naturally, they were stunned. They they couldn't believe it because um, as I get into in the book, you know, sometimes we're not looking for those things or we don't have the right relationship uh, with our leaders uh, to even think this is possible. And they didn't think it was possible. So, you know, I'm stunning them. But one of my board members looks at me and goes, he says to me, Brian, what role did our organization play in what you described here today? Something I never even considered. It was on me. It, I mean, I don't know how many – I, I, I cannot even describe that. It was on me. It was my own fallacies. It was my own humanness. It was my own weakness. But this board member was – and this was a board member who was, I would say, in his 60s. He had been a missionary, um, very wise uh, man. That's why I, I wanted him on my board. 
But he asked me that question, and I really did not have an answer. I don't think I even answered him um, other than the way I just did. This is on me. You guys relax. But over the next couple of years, it, it kept coming up. And I believe this was God telling me, you know, Brian, you, you've got to – see, I'm a believer now. It took me a couple of years to, to get there that God wants to use our junk. And mm. I started to talk. Amen. I started to talk. I started to talk to other nonprofit leaders about this because uh, they knew what happened. And even before this happened, it's amazing how God lined this up. I had been starting groups for uh, other nonprofit leaders because I knew other ones, other other nonprofit leaders that were struggling. And then it ha- then this happens. I almost said to me because I, but I don't want to sound like a victim. This happened in my life. And uh, it just accelerated that. And then this board member asked me this question. So over the next couple of years, I, I, it just kind of stuck with me, and I kept talking. I started to see all the leaders that are really, really struggling and that have a potential to go down the same road that I went down. Um, so um, that's really where it all started. Um, and I sat down, I started really thinking about it, putting outlines together and thinking about it. And I, I just realized, you know what, too many times, and I say this in the book a couple of times, too many times we see a leader as they're stumbling and we then see them fall and then we're stunned. But then how many times do we look back and say, you know what, I saw it coming. I saw it coming the whole time. It was this thing they said. It was this action they took, or it was this look they gave, or it was this or this. There are almost always indicators of a nonprofit leadership coming, but most times we don't do anything about it. That's why the book is entitled The Courageous Ask. It starts with the leader courageously asking themselves difficult questions, but it doesn't really end there. What about the people that see that fall coming that need the courage to go up to that leader and just ask some of those questions that can be sticky, that can be muddy, that can be difficult? The board of directors that see something is just not right, but yet have those blinders on because they have such respect and admire for what the leader has done and what they're doing. So anyway, long long answer to a quick question, but... No, no, it's that's a great the, answer. That's it, where the book came. That's where the book came from. You know, I was uh, this morning. I was at a chamber meeting, and it's held once a month in a church. And the church is a church that I started going to back in 2010. And uh, the pastor always speaks. There's a once a month meeting, and in December, he is the one that always speaks at this meeting. And he was talking about. 2020 and 21 and all the things that have taken place in in our world and our lives and stuff and you know how building together as a team is hard and he mentioned that there's six different things that are needed to build momentum and there are actually each each of us have two things that are frustrating two things that we're really good at and, and two other things I can't even think of the name of it they use right now but the the point is is that I might be someone that's uh, that's a finisher 
but I can't start something too well. I might be someone that's good at starting something, but I can't finish it. And especially in these nonprofit and in leadership, you have to have a team fits together mm-hmm. so well that it makes it to the finish line. Otherwise, you're just running the relay by yourself, and it's going to fall, it's going to fail, you know. And so having someone like yourself come in and ex- assess a team, and, and I think from what I heard from you say to your board members, no, don't worry, it was me, kind of reminded me of something that I said when I get coaching in, in our remodeling business. Uh, you know, I am the, we're a family-owned business, and I'm the one with the experience of, of building. So once I got out of the way, we were able to grow, and I was only in the way because I didn't know any better, you know, but I was really passionate about knowing what I thought I knew. And, you know, that's what gets us in trouble. That's one of the uh, things that someone alongside you, which at that time my wife said, hey, you know, you might not be doing this right. And, of course, I said, well, what do you know? So that always becomes a, a situation in a board meeting as well. That's why it's good to bring someone in like yourself that has a different view and, you know, could be saying the same information, but we know from raising children, third-party information is always received better. And so oh, I, I think it's really important you hit a nerve. for people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, you, you tell your kid something, and then the neighbor tells them the same thing, and the neighbor's a genius, and dad's just, you know, a moron. <laughs> but that's okay, you know what I mean, as long as he gets the information, right? Uh, but yes. as we grow older... We don't tend to change our ways because no one ever stood up to us and said, hey, listen, you know, maybe you need to look at this a little bit differently. I mean, a lot of people said, hey, what are you, an idiot? And we don't pay attention to that. But to have someone come along and create some questions that allows that person to take a look deeper into the mirror and step aside so that the real person that God put in that body a long time ago can start to come out. And I think that's what your book from the – now, I apologize because I got the book Saturday in the mail, and I um, tried to read uh, a little bit of it, and, and I always go right – and I, I recommend this to people, especially, let me just say, The Courageous Ask by Brian Keeger is a book that you can buy on the website, and, and I just want to make mention of that real fast because you can go to Brian Krieger, it's K-R-E-E-G-E-R, Brian with an I, dot com, and get the book, okay? And it's what I like about books, just, I always want to know why why the person wrote the book. You know what I mean? They have a nice little thing on the back cover that makes Mm -hmm. you pick up the book and read it. But I like the introduction, like, why did they do it? What was was the purpose of it? What, what were they getting to? What made them do it? Like, you know, it's to me, life's an interview. And what you have in your book made me want to start reading now. So I read a little bit out of the first chapter, and then I jumped to the third chapter. And I'm like, okay, I got to know more about this book so I can interview them. Now, here we are on the day of the interview. I did not read enough of the book, but I have the book in front of me. And now that I've said all this on the air, I'm going to be reading the book. But what I really find important in your conversation is you – took the blame, and when we become humble, we become better. And you took the blame. Um, you know, um, I'll tell you a quick story. So a man in his 30s is, you know, 
we can remember back then. We're like Superman. <laughs> and then in our 40s, we think, we think, we think we're starting to make some mistakes or maybe get some nicks in the armor. But we're just thinking that we must be crazy. Then you get into your 50s and you realize there are nicks in the armor. And then you, you kind of get to a point where you're getting close to 60 and you say, oh, I got it. They weren't nicks. <laughs> they were learning lessons. And now I'm able mm-hmm. to teach. So as a mm-hmm. man, we never admit the whole thing, but I think the process is if we can step back and use what we learned to help others, we're doing what we were born on this earth to do. So I, I really applaud you for that. Yeah, I, 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 I continue to go back to something that uh, um, Brian Chappelle, uh, Dr. Brian Chappelle said. I heard him say one time that, that in the Bible, God has oh what was the word he said that he used um, every every oh gosh every character in the Bible has struggled except for one or God as that God tarnished every single person in the Bible except for one and and when you think about that when you go back and you go through all the biblical characters and and you, you're like wow. Every one, every single one had a struggle. Every single one had something they had to come back from. And those are the ones that we've learned the most from. It took me a while to figure that thing out because I was pretty down on myself for a long time. Anyway, uh, just a few things. Well, Brian, what, let me ask you this book. question. When you say that, yeah. you know, as men, uh, and I'll speak for myself because I've been stuck on stupid a long time. The thing of it is, I think that we perceive life to be a certain way. So we perceive that we're supposed to be the leader of the family, the leader of the ship, the leader of the business, the leader of the office, the leader of the crew, the leader of the drive through window, whatever it is that we're doing, we're, we perceive mm-hmm. we're supposed to be the leader. Okay. And mm-hmm. that's not, and, and that's not necessarily wrong. Being a leader is not bad, but we have to understand there's a lot of struggles. There's a lot of mistakes. Uh, you, can't, you can't grow if you're not making mistakes. You're useless to anybody if you don't make mistakes. That's how I think God uh, does what he does. I think he lets us run into the tree or the wall as many times as we want until we say, hey, you know what? It's starting to hurt my nose. I think I'm going to stop that. You know, And then we realize things from it, but it's, it's not our fault for perceiving the world to be a certain way. Maybe it's the environment we grew up in. Maybe it's what we decided to think was right or wrong. It might not have been nothing near the truth, but we all take this this side in life, I think. And and then I think that God comes along and he'll slap you with a toothpick or all the way up to a four-by-four. However hard he's got to hit you, he's going to do it to get you to nudge you to where you want to be. So I think what you're saying here. Uh, that most of us men have to know is we need to step out of the way and let God, God take over, whether it's bringing Brian into your circle, Jane into your circle, whoever that person is to teach you to stop, you know, you know, and you could catch on fire, you stop, drop, and roll, right? When, when you catch on stupid, I think you should stop, listen, and learn. But that's just me, okay? And so I want to, time goes quick, so I want to talk about a couple of things here. Uh, as a, a leader in a nonprofit or a leader in an office building, whatever you might be a leader in, 
whether it's nonprofit or for-profit, I think leadership is just is spelled the same way. How, you know, well, let me change. So if you're a Christian leader, okay, you automatically assume that you don't make mistakes, you got it, God, and you talk <laughs> at nighttime before you go to bed, you know, he calls you up, all these different things. The truth is we all live in that fishbowl. And and so and we all poop the same way. So I mean we're all the same, right? So the thing of it is, is why do you think leaders that are Christian leaders, what do you think makes them fall, as you put it? Well, you know, to kind of go back um, to some of your comments, um, um, number one. So we all do have those struggles. We all get hit by the toothpick or the two-by-four or, or whatever. And uh, the key is, what are we going to do with that? Are we just going to keep it to ourselves? Are we going to be depressed? Are we going to be down? What are, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with that? Are we going to use it for God's glory, even though we may have done something that did not glorify God? What are we going to do with it? So, um but now I wanted to comment on that, and I forgot your question. I'm sorry about that, Tony. No, I, I was okay. dying. To, to... Well, the thing of it is, as as uh, as someone sitting in a in a in a church or uh, looking at a uh, a Christian leader or a leader in a Christian nonprofit, for instance, oh, what or, and fall? churches or nonprofits, yeah. what. What 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 is it that happens that makes them right. fail or fall, well, as you put it? Well, number one, we're all we're all fallible, and you know people say all the time, "Well, we know our leader is not perfect." I mean, we've all heard that thousands of times. We all know this person's not. We're all, or you know, even the way you put it, it we're all, you know, our leader is not perfect. But how many times? Is that real? How many times is that an abstract idea? Okay. Now, think about this. Your leader is somebody who is leading you. You're looking up to them for advice and direction and guidance. So they have a certain stature in your own mind, your leader. Now, you know that they have faults. You know that they are not perfect. But really, isn't that an abstract idea until it happens? And then we go, oh, shoot, wow, they really are human, just like I am. Too many times people look at their leaders and say, um, expect them to be Jesus themselves, (laughs) and and they they are just not. And that, that causes a ton of problems. I mean, there are statistics out there that say, 75% 75% of pastors, for instance, and I think you can easily relate this to Christian leaders, that uh, don't have any real true friends. I mean, I read a study one time, churchleadership.org wrote that 58% of pastors you know, state they don't have any good true friends, and then 27% don't have anybody to go to if they have a, a real crisis. I mean, those are real numbers. And and this putting them on the pedestal to such a level um, creates all that. I mean, think about it. I, I talked to uh, – I interviewed a lot of people for this book, and, I, and I, a lot of leaders, because I, I wanted it to have a different perspective than just mine or a more balanced. 
And I have one pastor say to me, you know, tell me about this 4th of July picnic that they have coming up, but yet somehow they don't invite me. He said, he said and I recognize it because, and this was a very mature pastor right on the edge of retirement. He said, the conversations change when you invite a pastor to your 4th of, 4th of July picnic. And so that creates yeah. this, 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 it creates this loneliness and isolation and, the leaders, leaders always have that target on their back where, um, you know, that's just where people aim for anything that's happening in their life or in that organization. So what, what causes them to fall? Most of the time it's, it's the expectation that they have of themselves and the expectation that, or the perceived expectation of other people um, on them. And they just feel like they can't live up to that, and yeah. you know they don't have rela- they don't have relationships around them um, that um, that allow for an openness. You know, one thing I heard one time was all of us, not just leaders, but all of us um, want to have that one person that completely knows us, that uh, knows the good, the bad, the ugly, the embarrassing, all the ugly stuff. But at the end of knowing all that, still loves and accepts and appreciates us. Well, how many people really have that person? I mean, really. I've I've asked uh, leaders this question, and I've on rare occasion had somebody say, yeah, I have that person. And then after a few questions, they go, wow, I really don't have that person. So I'm asking your listeners, think about that question. I had one guy say, well, that's my wife. Actually, it happened a couple of times. That, that's my wife. And I, and I said to this, this Christian nonprofit leader, I said, so if you're having a pornography issue or you're attracted to somebody in your office, you can take that to your wife. I happened to be a male that I was talking to, obviously. And they said, well, not really. <laughs> uh, yeah. Of course you can. Of course you've got to work through those issues and and, you know, I had another nonprofit leader say when I, I asked them this similar question, and they said, well, I have a group of guys that, you know, I can – they all – we can talk very frankly, very openly. And uh, he said but, – but one key, he, one key thing he said was, uh, yeah, each one of them get a part of my life. And I was like – you know, and he just said it nonchalantly. In other words, they don't know everything. Well – good enough. And so many times our leaders don't have that set of friends. And I'm not just talking about a typical uh, Bible study group or accountability group. I, I'm talking way beyond that. Uh, they, they, really, they really need that. It's a very difficult position. And that loneliness and isolation is most of the time where these falls occur. And living up to expectations. Do you would you say that uh, I know we've been talking about uh, men, but it would be safe to say that there's a lot of uh, women that are in leadership roles in the Christian community and outside of it. Would you say that the struggle is different with a woman uh, versus a man? I mean, because they say I don't know how true it is that men have ego issues, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> would you say there's a different type of training or 
or approach to a, a female leader versus a male leader? Tony, look, we know that women are just different. Um, you know, there, there are there are different nurturing and different – they're just different qualities in women. But I can tell you that I interviewed women nonprofit leaders for this book as well. And I can tell you they're dealing with the same pressures, the same difficulties. Um, they, they really, when it comes to leadership, um, they're, they're dealing with the same things. Um, you know, I, 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 I got one in mind specifically, founded a, a, a very successful today um, uh, private uh, Christian school, uh, doing a great job. They're doing tremendous work. But I'll tell you what, this, this person um, um, shared with me that they almost had a breakdown. And they had to pull away spiritually, personally, all over it, which those are pretty much the same thing. But, but they, they had to pull away from it uh, for a while. And, yes, uh, you know, one of the things that's interesting is, uh, unfortunately, um, leadership is taken up by the men. I forget what the number is. It's like 70, 80 percent. So, naturally, the falls are going to happen more commonly amongst men. And then, men, we have all these these other these other issues, like you said, the ego issues, and we have mm-hmm. the the sexual issues that seem to be more prominent. Well, they are more prominent amongst males. Um, these things all add up to to having you know difficulties that are unique to men. But women have their own unique difficulties. Uh, um, I'm in this, but the yeah. the men typically are the leaders. And again, I use the word, unfortunately, it's just the way society is these days. But uh, anyway. Well, I, it seems as though women are more of a relationship builder, more willing right. to uh, open up and speak what really is uh, their painful spot. Where men, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we have buddies, but we just discuss sports and you know, politics, we don't really discuss personal problems because it's a sign of weakness. And and I know that uh, I've uh, interviewed pastors that have uh, said that they were, you know, just moving along and and, and he, they were on fire and then they found that their ego was getting in the way. And it's not oh, yeah. that, I, you know, and, I, and I, I tell people, sometimes you accuse people of their ego being a problem but they don't know how to separate that fine line between passion and ego, you know, or, you know, their, their, the love, the time, the built in pieces that they did is it's not necessarily their intent to be ego driven. It's just part of what they don't know that they don't know. And that, and that's why I keep coming back to this, Brian, for people out there, you know, uh, no, maybe they can go speak to their pastor or someone in their Bible study. Yes. But yeah, a lot of people won't show that weakness, especially the higher up the ladder they get. So this might be an opportunity for them to purchase the Courageous Ask, okay, off your website or off Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Or how about are they able, and, and I'm, I'm just throwing this question out there because I don't know the answer to this, do you have a coaching program for nonprofit leaders or or, or and, and, you know, like churches are uh, pretty much a nonprofit, okay, as far as that goes. Right, right. So pastors oh, fall into that. that. Yeah. Now, do you go out and, and provide programs for that, or is, how does that work? Yeah, I can, I, I can definitely go out and help people. The, the program itself is being developed. 
I mean, this was my first book, so uh, I'm working on some of those, some of that programming. But there's there's no question. One of the things that that was very important to me was that this book and this this whole effort around the book not be too academic. I want it to be real. I want it to be rubber meets the road, and I wasn't seeing enough of that. Um, so that is really where I would say my strength is, is in being real and, and rubber meets the road. You know, back to your, your ego uh, comments, you know, I have this – I wrote in the book about uh, – I, I referred to Jim Collins in, in Good, to, Good to Great where he says that, uh, you know, there's two common traits of CEOs and companies um, that go from just kind of average to – you know, to great. I mean, good to great is the title of the book. And he says, humility and the indomitable will to advance the cause of the organization. Now, think about how those two things can conflict, how they can cause yeah. friction. And, and when you move too far into the, indom- the indomitable will to advance the cause of the organization and forget the humility – that is, you're going right down a road to, uh, you know, to a potential fall. Um, I think I think about, uh, you know, the same thing happening in my life. I, I just told you at the very beginning of this this program about the incredible miracles that God was doing in order to to establish the clinic. And I, I'm telling you, I was on my knees constantly. I didn't get it. You know, I have this saying on the ma- ma- my wall that says, "The moment you're uh, not feeling dependent is the the moment you're not truly living by faith. And I was so dependent. Well, there came a point where the the clinic was moving. It was it was successful. It was it, by many different measures. And all of a sudden, that God who was creating um, all these miracles and all these things that weren't explainable became this guy I sat in the corner that I would call whenever I thought I needed him. It wasn't independence, and that was my own personal ego stepping up to the plate and trying to hit a home run when, you know, God was the center of everything. And then I I stuffed him in a corner because I thought I was doing all these great things. And that's where I try to be real. I mean, I was giving credit to God for everything that God was doing um, in the clinic and in my life, Um, but yet, you know, as human beings and part of the fall, you know, we're, there's also that piece that says, well, I did step up to the plate. Well, I did answer the call. It is my name on all those documents. I raise all the money. Wow. You want to talk mm-hmm. about be a, a switch in identity, I mean, which is a common indicator of a potential fall? I had changed my identity completely. What I needed were people to step up to the plate and say, hey, Brian, these are the things I'm noticing. Are you sure things are okay? Doesn't right. blame them. Still my issue. But I did need those people to step up and, and you know, do those things. Yeah, and people have to know when, when someone steps up, it doesn't mean that the first time they bring it up it's going to be okay, just great, thank you, we'll take care of that. It, it, because right. if it was going to be that simple, it would have never taken place. It's built into something that's a little bit tougher than that. You're going to have to create a way to do that and, you know, uh, to get someone like yourself that's had those experiences, it's easier to phrase a question 
to that person mm-hmm. versus you just saying, hey, are you sure about that? You know what I mean? And and so I highly recommend wherever you are in the country, wherever you are in your journey, get somebody to help you. And, I mean, as you can see the book, Courageous Ass, give you a chance to read it, and maybe that will connect you to Brian, and maybe he's someone that could help you. Or maybe you know someone that has been saying the same mm-hmm. thing, and maybe it will allow you to go to that person. It's all about getting the help you need so that you can serve better in your leadership role for this opportunity. Brian, I, I apologize because we're out of time, and we kind of went over but I want to get you back on the show. There's so many more things I want to ask you. Oh, my God. Uh, one of them is, yeah. is the next book, when it's coming out. And uh, the mm-hmm. other part of that question is, can you leave something for our listeners that they could pay attention to moving into 2022? Well, there, there you, you actually um... – I, I, in listening to the rest of your po- other podcasts, I knew you, this question was coming, and you kind of took it from me right there. Pay attention. You know, when you see these things happening, whether it's in your own life, I wrote a, you know, I do a weekly blog uh, that gets sent out to my subscribers, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, I wrote one that uh, that said, "What is the what is the uh, answer to uh, Christian leadership falls if you see them coming?" And what was the answer? do something don't just watch it happen do something and it might be the right thing it might be the wrong thing but don't go on it do something but you have to pay attention you have to pay attention to the things that are going on around you and i i would love to be on the show again um tony and i've got so much more to share i feel like we just barely we just barely got the tip of the iceberg there and, and we will do more. That I can guarantee you because this whole show takes place because of this conversation that we had today. It allows me to gain access to more, which is better. You know, they say if you want to learn something, teach it. And by me doing this show, I am able to get the lessons from people It's like my own private little coaching program that reminds me how powerful God is. And and after today's conversation, how important our junk is, okay? So don't be ashamed of it. Use it to your benefit. And to the benefit of others, definitely. Yes, sir. Well, I really, really thank you for taking time out today to be a guest on our show. I look forward to... Uh, connecting with you again. And also, I just hope that you have the best and Merry Christmas, a happy holiday uh, possible for you and your family. Oh, Tony, right back at you. Thank you so much. And, and I'm just thankful for Jesus, who is the reason for the season. You got that right. Folks, I usually do a recap. I'm going to do this as fast as possible because I'm out of time, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't get the book Courageous Ass, The Courageous Ass by Brian Krieger, K-R-E-E-G-E-R, get the book. If you read the book, you read it all the way to the end and you don't like it, email me, info at toughtalkradionetwork.com. I'll buy the book from you. That's how strongly I feel about this today. May God bless you. Have a great week. And we will talk to you soon.
You have been listening to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone, brought to you by the Tough Talk Radio Network. A special thanks to all of our sponsors. If you'd like to be a sponsor or a guest, please visit toughtalkradionetwork.com for more information.